This is People Every Day. Coming up, a look back at the highs and lows of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's seven-year marriage. Plus, tensions rise among the royals and a Texas family's heart-wrenching loss. It's February 22nd. Hello out there. This is People Every Day, presented by Macy's, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, here to get into the biggest entertainment and human interest news this here Monday. Hoping your weekend was a restful one. I personally got in a nap and a little online shopping. So as a mom of two, feeling very accomplished. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh, and I also got to see Bridgerton's smoldering Reggae Jean Page kill it on Saturday Night Live, which allows me to check off me time and (laughs) self-care. Later in the show, I delve into the life and times of Kimye, from the fashion and flower walls that first brought Kim and Kanye together to their very public struggles and all the way up to the latest news of their impending divorce. But before that colorful Calabasas trip down memory lane, I'm joined now by my girl, managing editor of People Digital, Charlotte Triggs, to get into what's bubbling up and and boiling over on People.com. Hi, Charlotte. Hey, Janine. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Let's talk Royals drama first. We got the news last week, of course, that the Queen had issued an official statement um, basically saying, It's definite. Meghan and Harry are no longer working royals. And this is, of course, after their probationary period, after they had, you know, announced that they were leaving uh, the UK and and going and going their own way. Um, It's done now. It's a done deal. And in the statement, the Queen says, of course, that, you know, doing that, being their own person financially and all that is incompatible with a life of service. But Meghan and Harry shoot back with their own statement, uh, service is universal, okay? Anyone can serve, and we definitely are going to continue doing that. So, Charlotte, essentially they're they're fighting over being good public servants? They have a point, right? They want to express to people that they're not selfish. They want to express to people that they like to do charity work, that it's very fulfilling for them, that they wish to give back and to help the world. But the royals definitely have seen that as a response to the queen and like a little bit talking back (laughs) out of turn. Well, so what, what did they tell? I mean, they, what did sources tell uh, the Sunday times about like their response to the response? Yeah. So according to um, the Sunday times sourcing, Prince William has said out loud in apparently mixed company that um, he finds it unacceptable and inappropriate that his brother would have Mm. done that. And he's very upset and, at once sad and also rather annoyed and angry that his brother would do that and that they as a couple would answer back to the queen because that's just not done. What we know about the whole tensions that there have been in the royal family, it really all boils down to William and Harry. There's a lot of emotion between them. They've both had this traumatic past, right, of losing their mother and having to go through everything so publicly. Yeah. But William is in line to be the king and he knows it. And he believes in the pecking order that exists. And William is just not as indulgent of the idea that Harry could quote unquote, carve out a new modern role for himself. He believes Mm. in the traditional hierarchical structure. It's going to benefit him particularly well, not necessarily his brother. So therein lies the tension. Like 
and now in this new world where you can kind of just leverage whatever fame you're able to accrue through social media, he could probably do a lot of good for the family, right? But his um, his older brother, who's the one who's with has more power in line, it does not doesn't agree with that strategy and does not want to indulge it and finds it all very distasteful. And so, so in the in the midst of it, they lost some of their royal patronages, right? Um, but. They're still doing a lot. I mean, we heard that he will still have his Invictus Games. She will still have some of her charities. I mean, you can't uh, but, stop somebody from doing charity work, right? Like, if anybody and, wants, and that's essentially what they're saying, right. right? But I guess the distinction is what the royal family believes the distinction should be is that when they have patronages, they are doing work on behalf of the queen in her name. They can go do whatever charity work they want, and as a matter of fact. They did over the weekend for a women's shelter in Texas that had been negatively impacted by the horrible storm and the weather patterns there. They are doing work, but it's like at this stage, they're separate from the official royal endeavors and they're not doing it on behalf of the queen. And that's what she cares about. Very noble argument right. uh, between <laughs> between these royals right now. Um, but but let's, let's dig even further into Texas, Charlotte, because you did um, some great reporting on a story that just makes me cry, uh, it, pretty much anyone who um, has read it. Uh, you talked about the family who lost an 11-year-old boy to hypothermia yeah. because of the power outages in Texas. So, so take me into this story, how we found it, and, 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 and the reporting you did. Yeah. Um, so obviously our human interest team has been hard at work, you know, reporting this out all week and all of these, there's been a lot of horrible tragedies, um, out of this Texas situation, but this one is pretty gruesome because it involves yeah. a young boy. So I interviewed his mother, Maria Lisa Panetta, and, um, they live in Conroe, Texas. They were living in a mobile home. And obviously, as we have discovered, most places in Texas, um, they just don't do insulation because they don't normally need it. It's the temperatures down there drop to like 10 degrees. That's unheard of. You never, ever see that pattern there. So this family, um, the boy's name is Christian Pavon Pineda, and um, they, he was just 11 years old. They had moved from Honduras two years ago to Texas as many people, you know, obviously come to this country in search of opportunities and stuff like that, you know, coming from Central America to the United States, you're certainly not prepared for what snow is, what winter weather is. It's not yeah. something that you experience. I know my husband moved here from Costa Rica when he was a little boy and he didn't have a coat because you just don't have coats down there. It's yeah. like not the kind of thing that um, anybody's prepared for. So when it did begin snowing, Christian was excited. He went out in the snow. He was playing. His mom said that he slammed the door and a bunch of snow fell on his head and they were laughing and laughing. And he's like, mommy, take a video of me. And she only started to get concerned and worried about, you know, what was going to happen when the electricity was suddenly not working. And obviously um, there's so much that then falls out of place when that's not working. Yeah. So basically it's, you know, it's unclear exactly what happened. The coroner, um, the coroner's office has indicated that they believe that this boy didn't have any pre-existing conditions that he was healthy. So they all, the family goes to bed, no electricity, they're like pretty worried. The temperature drops down to 10 degrees, wow. but they figured, you know, we'll just huddle up together in, you know, everybody in two beds. He was with his three-year-old brother. She was with her husband and the ba she has a baby also, an 11-month-old baby. So they in two, oh, wow. two different beds. And the next morning, she goes in to see him because the lights eventually did come back on. She goes in to get him up and he was dead. 
in bed. Oh my God. And she said that she just started screaming, God, how could this be? What happened? Oh my God, this can't be true. And her husband was like, we need to call the officials and, and call the police. Somebody needs to come and, and, you know, check this out and see what happened. Um, but it was very obvious that by that point there was nothing to be done. Um, and, and they're saying hypothermia. That, that's what people believe to be the case. It's, you know, I think at this point it's a little bit unclear. I caught her on Friday night. I was given her phone number by a friend, a family friend who was raising money through a GoFundMe. And I caught them on Friday evening while they were um, out shopping for a suit for him to wear during the funeral service. And <sighs> when I, you know, she called me back or I called her back two hours later after they'd finished that. And she, you know, this woman, this poor woman is very numb. And, um, you know, she's, it had happened a few days prior. It happened last Tuesday. You know, she says she can never go back to that house. She's living at an in-law's house right now and, um, staying there. And she's going to, at some point, go find a new place to live and get all her things and move out because she says she can never be back in that house. It's like a feeling of like horror knowing that her son died there. This is heartbreaking. And, and, and you think about this happening, uh, you know, to a family that had so much hope, you know, coming here. Charlotte, thank you for one, just your expert reporting on this and and for taking me through that. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Janine. Next up, digging into the ups and downs, highs and lows of Kim and Kanye's seven-year marriage. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I am back with TV editor Brianne Heldman and senior writer Steve Helling. These are both Kardashian experts, and we are going to take just a, a deep dive into this relationship. You know, they, they they said it wouldn't last, and I, for one, really thought they were going to prove them wrong. Forgive the cliche, you guys. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's we're at seven years now, and we've gotten the news that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are officially divorcing. But let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to how it started. Uh, Brianne, talk to me about what brought these two together, this initial attraction between Kim and Kanye. Kim 
and Kanye have known each other for a very, very long time, long before things got romantic. And even before that, Kanye had talked about how Kim was his dream girl. So for him, when they first started getting together, this was this was a dream come true. Wait, let's actually just go back and listen to a little bit of what uh, was mentioned on, of course, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, where every love interest has their their introduction, their moment where they're talked about for the fans and the family. Kanye West is a rapper. Kanye has a new song out where he talks about falling in love with Kim. And I'll admit I fell in love with Kim. Around the same time she had fell in love with him. Kim and Kanye have been friends for years and they've been hanging out lately and I have no idea if it's serious or not because I haven't really talked to Kim about it. I mean, just because I'm seen with someone, does it automatically mean that's my boyfriend? No, but you've obviously been cool with him for a while, so I just... Why don't you stay out of my business? So, so as you hear there, uh, Kim and Kanye have just kind of been merging their worlds for a long time. And, and this meeting over, well, one, music, but also style was a very big, you know, touchstone for them, right? And, you, you know, you have to remember that they actually did have a lot in common. Uh, you know, and people forget that. They both, you know, they both thought of themselves as being these paragons of style and you know, in a way, once it got together, it seemed to make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. He he read completely restructured and she's credited to him for this, for restructuring her style and giving her this entree into high fashion, um, you know, kind of removing some of like the de- department store looks, physically removing them from her closet in some of the early episodes <laughs> of Keeping Up with Kardashian and saying like, no, monochromatic, high end. L- let me just say, nobody better go through my closet and throw things away. <laughs> Okay, Brianna, I have to ask you, they had some very, very over-the-top uh, just shows of affection. Like, I mean, the Valentine's Days, the birthdays, the engagement. What was your favorite courtship moment from Kim and Kanye? I think it was a Valentine's Day, and it may have been after they got married, but it was in their home. Kanye set up all of these single roses in little vases all through this massive room. And then in the middle was Kenny G playing. And I just (laughs) stared at these photos and tried to imagine setting this up. Who set this up? How did Kenny G get there? How long did Kenny G have to stand there while they set everything else up so he didn't knock things over? How long did he have to wait for her to show up? I just, I have so many questions still. These are the lingering questions I really right? have for these two. And there, I mean, there, even in the very beginning, there were those ups and downs because, of course, uh, in Kanye, in that song that he was referencing, she had been with Chris Humphreys and that relationship fell apart around the time she and Kanye were talking. He had been with Amber Rose and that very, you know, notably was a breakup that she had initially hinted was because of Kim. So they had both like left other people to just come together with this strong attraction and we saw the engagement we saw all of that but let's get into this Paris wedding that they had and Steve I know you did a lot of reporting on this talk me through what their their wedding was like I mean everything you can imagine for an over-the-top wedding they did but they did it more than you can possibly imagine you know it was you know she had several different dresses there were there were everybody that they loved was there and the thing that that people forget was that 
we all kind of knew that the wedding was happening, but we didn't know the details at the time. Mm. And so, um, you know, it was, you couldn't turn on, literally you couldn't turn on like main, CNN was leading their hour with Kim and Kanye are getting married. It was just crazy. Let's take a listen to some of the, 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 the uh, moments out of that wedding. It's really a dream come true. You gave our passports, right? We are off to Paris. I can't believe the wedding is right around the corner. I am so excited. Are you ready to go to Paris, Kitty? Stop everything you're doing now, cause baby, you're awesome. So awesome. I want to go back to uh, just a little bit of their their artistic relationship if we can for a second um he has put kim into so many of his songs and it actually turns out that the music um that relationship is something that caused some turmoil in their relationships um and of course i'm i have to mention this the taylor versus kanye versus kim kim really came to his defense so so steve talk to me about like what Kim has been to Kanye in those down times. You know, we get, we have to remember that Kim was his number one supporter, his number one cheerleader, was always there when things were down. You know, she was encouraging him both publicly and privately. She was also running interference between Kanye and her family, who of course had definite ideas about what Kanye was up to at that at those times. You know, when he was having, you know, when he was on the downswing of you know certain mental issues. You know, she was there by his side. She was encouraging him to be with his, with his kids, trying to help get him centered and focused and the help he needed. So, you know, Kim has been a very, very big supporter of him. Yeah. So, so let's listen to just, you know, to pin it on what he has to say about what he struggles with. Bi- it's not an opposite. It's not I hate being in bipolar. It's awesome. It's actually it drives more of how you really feel. And that's, of course, Kanye talking to Jimmy Kimmel about his just up and down struggle with bipolar disorder. And this is in the wake of when he went into the hospital back in 2016 and just a number of other issues. And this is what we have seen really have the deepest impact on their relationship. Right, Steve, to bring us kind of to where we are now. She did feel like she was taking on a lot of the burden of not only, you know, these four kids, but then, of course, Kanye as well. And Kanye would be the first to tell you that, you know, he, he wasn't great sometimes with taking the medication he needed to take. He wasn't great at self-care and that type of thing, which made it very difficult to be around somebody who's, you know, who's waking you up at 3.30 in the morning to talk about, you know, some great idea that he has, and it makes no sense to you. And that's the type of thing that Kim did have to deal with. And that's the type of thing that really strain their marriage. Mm. I mean, but, you know, he was there for her in those moments that she struggled as well. We remember the burglary that happened in Paris and him, you know, coming to her defense and and, and, and really trying to, you know, flying out there immediately to be by her. Um, we did see a give and take of some sort, right, Brianne? Absolutely. He was, he was her biggest proponent. She was, honestly, when they first got together, seen as just a reality star. And now we know Kim to be this massive mogul. She's created all of these clothing lines and beauty lines, and she's 
considered so much more of an entrepreneur now than she was seven years ago. And Connie is a big part yeah, of that. Yeah. And and also, of course, we have to talk about what this means uh, for the show as well. I mean, we he became a big part of Keeping Up With Our Kardashians. And then he kind of stepped back from that, if we remember. Um, he wasn't featured as much. We even heard news that he didn't want the kids featured as much. Is this going to be uh, just a, a big a big part of the last season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which we know is coming up? 100%. It will be a massive part of this final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It will be interesting to see if the kids' involvement in whatever they create for Hulu will exist, or if because of the, the fractured relationship between Kim and Kanye, if they take more of a backseat. Yeah, Steve, do, do, do you see uh, Kanye moving on? Or like, what, what can you tell us about like how he's doing? Yeah, well, I can tell you that Kanye is not doing really well at the moment, um, you know, which would have been one way or the other, whether or not the divorce were happening right now. He's, you know, he hasn't been doing well for the last few weeks. Um, you know, I do think that, you know, he's going to bounce back because that's kind of what Kanye does. I guarantee we're going to hear about it in some of his music, though. Yeah, exactly. And we, and we heard that he was working on that. So, of course, getting us to like where we are now, um, that presidential run that he that he that very ill-fated uh, presidential run that he did. And for me, I know we heard we're getting the news now that the divorce is happening and and, and all of that. But it was those pictures of Kim outside of their place, meeting with him, bawling, crying. Um, he's there in the car. And I knew in that moment, looking at those pictures, oh, this is, this is it. This is over. Um, but, you know, we haven't heard much from him since. And, and we knew he was working on music at the time. So, I mean, maybe that is going to be the outlet for him. Whereas, of course, she has the show. Yeah, I mean, I hope so for his sake that he has a way to channel his energies. Um, you know, the presidential run, which you mentioned, was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, they, she didn't want him to do it. He did it anyway. She stood behind him as much as she could, but she knew it was bad. It wasn't good for his mental health. And, you know, it, it, it was, I'm not saying that that's the reason why they got divorced, but it certainly seems to have sped up the process. And now we, you know, have to see what co-parenting looks like. Right, Brianne? Yes. And they have agreed to joint physical and legal custody of the kids. And it sounds like things are moving along as far as settling the divorce rather amicably. Uh, and Kim is focused on studying for the bar. She's she's moving on with her life. They've been living separate lives now for several months. And Kim has been taking care of the kids, focused on her business and focused on her legal career. All right. Well, we... we... We're wishing them the best, and we'll always have that that bound two video to see when they were <laughs> when they were riding along <laughs> on that motorcycle. On that motorcycle, <laughs> happy and in love. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much. That was Brianne Heldman and Steve Helling. For more, so much more on Kim and Kanye, head over to people.com. Now, time for a little something to make you smile. Want to get away? Well, probably not as badly as Jasmine Harrison. She's a 21-year-old swim teacher from Yorkshire who has just become the youngest woman to ever row clear across the Atlantic. Listen. Well done, Jasmine. Well done, Jasmine. Welcome to our team, 
That was her warm reception in Antigua after 3,000 miles and 70 days at sea, you guys. But my favorite thing is what kept her going. She told The Guardian she ate mostly biscuits and chocolate the whole time. So you see, record-breaking rowers are just like us. (laughs) Talk to you tomorrow.